if you would just go ahead and turn back to Genesis, turn back to Genesis, just so we can at least have our eyes on it, uh, either in your, your, your handheld Bibles or uh, Genesis 1-1. We'll just walk through this, uh, we'll walk through this one verse this morning and just allow God to, to talk to us. If you've ever seen uh, racing horses, you know they have blinders on. Uh, let's not get distracted. We got all kinds of tracks in our phones. Uh, what we got to uh, do today, sometimes our stomach growling. <laughs> and uh, let's just focus on the assignment at hand. Just walk through this, uh, this text. Genesis 1-1. Uh, I'm going to ask a silly question. Is everybody there yet? All right. Here we go. Uh, in the beginning... God, somebody say God, God, created the heavens and the earth, just verse one. Uh, you may be seated, y'all. All right. Uh, let's say that again, the beginning. Somebody say beginning. beginning. Somebody say God. God. Somebody say created, created the heavens and the earth. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I believe it. And I think uh, that y'all believe it as well. Uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, many of us are here. Uh, in the beginning, beginning refers to uh, time uh, as we know it, not time eternal. Okay, so so it's it's time as we know it. Our our starting place. Everybody there? Somebody say time. So it, it's time as we know it. Time for humanity. Time for the beginning of us. Uh, the commencement of time. Um, how many people graduated from high school? Just graduated from high school. All right. And, and people graduated from college. Graduated from college. All right. Here we go. Commencement. There's a commencement. So it's not the end of like most people think it's a completion of something. A completion of you finished the four years in school or finished the four years of college. It's actually the beginning of something. The commencement means this is the start of. Y'all follow me? So, so when we see beginning, this word in, in, in the Hebrew text, it is the commencement, is the beginning of time. Somebody say time. It's the beginning of time for humanity. And we need to know that God began it. We need to know that God started it. Matter of fact, this even helps us to think about our day. How do we begin our day? What is the first thing that we do with our time? And I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty of when I get up, there's a lot of times that I just, I just grab uh, my phone. And I look on social media and, and matter of fact, hit that chime for me. It's a lot of times that I'll just go ahead and look on social media and I'll begin my time, my day right there. And, and, and there's times I feel guilty about it. And there's times I don't. <laughs> and and if, we're, if we're honest, uh, a lot of our life is spent on using our time, focusing on other things. And, and we're bombarded with things and images that tell us to use our time for something other than God. Amen. So, so we see in the beginning, time, everyone starts right here with God. But what I found is the issue is that we're looking, uh, because of our, our sin nature, we're looking for reasons not to believe that God began anything, that there was even a God. Uh, I think there's always some excuse for people not to believe in God, especially if they're hurt. Or, or if they put all their faith in humanity and humanity failed them. Uh, a parent could be a brother, could be a sister. Uh, it could be abandonment. Some, somebody who said they'll be there leaves, broken promises, and put all that faith, hope, and trust in somebody who's been created versus the creator. And then we say, I don't believe in God. But I think 
also people don't just uh, use those pains for reasons, but they also look for loopholes. So, so I, yeah, I don't see anything here about dinosaurs, <laughs> man. Well, I don't see anything. That, does Adam, did Adam and Eve have, have a belly button? You know, I remember when Renee was a little girl, we used to watch Veggie Tales, and I loved it. And there was a little song on it talking about belly button. I used to laugh all day long watching that little tomato sing, talking about belly button. I got a belly button. Yeah, it's just like loopholes, loopholes. You know what? Was it an old earth or a new earth? Or old earth or young earth? Is it three? Is it billions of years old? Or is it thousands of years old? And people are like, well, I can't, I can't find this in the, in the, in the text. So they're, they're looking for these loopholes, right? Some kind of ambiguity where they can say, I don't believe in God because I don't have all the details. Matter of fact, I know people who always look for loopholes in text messages or emails or even verbal contact so they can get out of doing certain things so they can reinterpret it the way they want. So they can reinterpret it uh, in a way that works well for them. Uh, I knew a guy uh, a couple years ago, um, just as an example. It's like, hey, man, I need you to be here at 7, right? Not here at the coffee house, but just at a certain location. And he was looking for a loophole. And this is what he said. Uh, and Jonathan, remember this. Uh, do, do you mean 7 a.m. in the parking lot? Do you mean 7 a.m. in the building? Do you mean 7 a.m. where I clock in? And I was like, man, you can't be that dumb. <laughs> I know that sounded harsh, but 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 looking for a loophole so that they didn't have to follow the instructions or submit to the authority at hand. And because of our sin nature, we look for loopholes not to submit to the authority at hand. Y'all feel me? Yeah, it's just it's it's in us. Uh, and why? Because in each one of us is a desire to be God. And each one of us, we want to be in control. Inside of each one of us, we want ultimate power. I'll prove it. Because when things don't go your way and my way, we lose it. You find some of the nicest people with the nastiest attitudes when they lose control. You were nice all last week. What happened? But couldn't control the situation. Because when we don't have the power, it, it reveals what our idol was. That we want us to be in control. That we want to play the God of our life. Yeah, and, and and everything tells us to be in control, and tells us to be God. We get these messages that tell us that man, you are the God of your life. That just believe in you. That you are where you are because you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're successful because you're so smart. You did it. Everybody in your family left you. Everybody criticized you. You graduated on your own. You stayed up late and studied. You, you are smarter than everybody. You did it. You're successful. You are what matters. You're living your best life now. And we keep on hearing that stuff. And it's telling us directly and indirectly that you're God. And it causes us to drift away from the God of the scriptures. And we think that we are the beginning and we are the end of everything in our life. And that's a fallacy. Uh, Romans 14, 11 says this. It says, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Whew, that's heavy. 
We'll say it again. Romans 14, 11 through 12 is the NIV version. It says, it is written as surely as I live, says the Lord. Uh, the Lord is the self-existent one. So, so living here does not mean that God has an end. He's like, as soon as I am eternity, I, as, as surely as I am eternity, says the Lord, every knee, every knee, those who submit and those who don't submit will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So those who don't acknowledge God now will acknowledge God. So look, we can either do it now or later. We, we can do it by choice or by force. And, 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 and I don't mean by force because God is some kind of mean dictator, but, but the force of our own actions, our own consequences, causing us to bow down in a way that is not of grace. Verse 12. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. God. In the beginning, God. God what? God Elohim. First time this word is used uh, in, in text in the Hebrew Bible. Elohim. And, and when Moses, who's writing this, when, 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 when the people who hear this, uh, receive this, that they are, they're in the promised land. We're talking about the children of Israel. They're hearing this Elohim. So when they hear Elohim, what they hear is in the beginning, almighty in the beginning, all powerful. Y'all feel that? In the beginning, the only true powerful one. That's what they're hearing. And, and it's, it's, it's in a plural sense. It's in a plural Hebrew context. It's in a, a, a plural language, not plural and polytheistic language, not plural meaning many gods, but plural meaning uh, multiple uh, uh, meaning unity with the Godhead. So it's that the God has the Godhead has unity within himself. That's the plural language it's talking about, that, that, that God almighty, God all powerful, God father, God, Holy Spirit, God son created out of nothing. That is a Latin word, ex nihilo, which uh, which was thrown around to mean out of nothing. Uh, in, in the uh, Hebrew context is B-A-R-A. It's bara or bara. It means out of nothing that, that, that God did not need something to create something. We need materials, right? So when people say, man, that's an original, it, it, it's, it's not original uh, in the context of when, when you're talking about God. So we need something. I need material that has already been created. God needed nothing. <laughs> we need something to form or to shape, but God doesn't. God is the only one who can create something out of nothing. And that's miraculous. That is not scientific. That's, that's miraculous. And without God, there can be no science. There can be no science, no biology, no nothing without God. There can be no systematic study of structures and behavior and this physical and natural world without God. There, there's no there's no microscope. There's no uh, algae. There's no there's no there's no there's no investigation of it. There's no observation and analysis. There's no there's no experiments without God. We can't even have debates about science without God. Make sense? Yeah. And God, the creator, cares about the creation. On our worst day, when we are filled with shame. When we are filled with, with guilt, when we are filled with, 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 with uncertainty, God cares. When we feel like we're at our wit's end, God cares. 
because God cares about what and who he created. The, now hear me. I'm not talking about God cares about us wishing for a good parking space at the grocery store. <laughs> but God cares about the, the big things in our life. God cares. And, and, and this God, don't miss this, who created something out of nothing, has the power to create peace in chaotic places of our life. Where I, where I think that this is the most chaotic and the most unorganized and the most distracting, God can bring peace right there. In, in, in something where I feel that it's hopeless and there's nothing I can do and I have no power, God can still bring organization in my life. Amen? God can bring a calendar and, and structure in my life. Matter of fact, God can create relational bridges where there, where there was uh, brokenness. He, he, he can bring healing in relationships that we saw no hope. God can create. God can create. God can create possibility out of impossibility. God creates jobs where we did not know there was a job existed. God gives scholarships for people who need to go to college. Just God does things that don't make sense. And it doesn't have to. Because God creates out of nothing. And God does not need us to agree with him. God does not need us to kind of make things add up. God just is. God, <laughs> my, my, my grandma would say something like this, and some of the old saints, they would say that God makes a way out of no way. That's good theology. It, it, it's good, the and that sums it all up right there. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, someone last week, a young lady. They may, uh, they might watch this or listen, and they were frustrated because they were going through uh, so many things. And they told me they were sitting outside in the country, and it was quiet, and they were sitting alone, and it was sad. And they just said to the Lord, "Why am I here?" And that's an age-old question. Why, why am I here? They're frustrated, Mariah. They're sitting on the porch. They're in the quietness of Mississippi. And they're just like, Lord, why, why, why am I here? Why am I here? It's a question about purpose. It's why. Like, why, why, why is the universe here? Why is humanity here? Why, in short, is creation here? Why is creation here? Somebody say why. Just, just why. Here's the short answer. To glorify God. That's it. So 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 on your worst day, when you feel like it's, it's over, know why you're here to glorify God. Even when you don't know the details, you can't connect the dots. Right. When this day is not adding up, when this day is better or worse than yesterday to glorify God. Creation has a purpose to glorify God. I got to prove it. Here goes Psalms 19 one. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. That's good. Every time you look up and you see a cloud, you see a star, you see a shooting star, you see something up. The heavens are telling the glory of the Lord. Now, listen, the heavens are not talking per se. They're just in action, revealing God is. And their expanse is declaring the work of his hand. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about DJ Khaled because he's like, God did. <laughs> you know, yeah, God did it. <laughs> yeah. If you just look up, you see the sky, you can say to you, God did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Look in the mirror, God did. You know, encourage yourself. Psalm 24 1, here it goes. The earth is the Lord's. And King James says, in the fullness thereof. 
the NLT says everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him, even the people we don't like. And sometimes the person we don't like is what we're looking in the mirror. Yeah, belong to the Lord. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by the name, his name, my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So he's like, everybody, everything that was created and who I created is for my glory. Amen. Well, why are you here? Why am I here? Somebody said to glorify God, to glorify God. That's it. Now, here's a deeper question. How do we do it? How do you and I glorify God? Better yet, now this is not to guilt or shame anybody. Do you glorify God? Yeah, Just sitting there for a minute. Does our life intentionally, as long as we say, put God on display? Do I intentionally put God on display? Can can our family and our friends, Anthony, and associates, can they see something about us that points them back to God? Is there something in what I say and how I live and how I respond to situations and and my countenance and my personality and and, and my inner age? Is there something about my attitude? Is there something that points me back to God? Is there something about my life that puts God on display? I put God on display. And and, and the question is, ask so that we can go below the surface, so we can start thinking with a kingdom mindset. Make sense? Yeah. Are are we constantly glorifying God? And just just think about some practical ways. How do I use my money? Think about this past week. What did you do with your money? This this is just self-evaluation stuff. Right. The, the, the way I spend my spent my money or the way I spend my money or the way I'm planning to use my money. Is it is it going to be to glorify God or to glorify myself? Is it going to be all about the way I eat? Yeah. I, 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 am I eating just so I can consume and consume and consume? There's no discipline around my life. Now, listen, if I get to watching Game of Thrones, I don't have no discipline on some food. So I just, is it is it is am I glorifying? Am I glorifying the Lord? How I spend my time. Like, do I use my time in such a way that puts God on display? Do I binge watch conversations about nothing? Is is it mostly about sports and about gossip and about arguments, about foolishness? How do I use my skill? Think about your skill set. What do you do well? Real talk. What do you do? Is it drawing? Is it singing? Is it organizing? Is it management of money? Is it teaching? You know, what, what, what is it? Is it, is it organizing folk that can't get along? <laughs> you know, is, is it putting structures together? Is it seeing things that other people don't see? How, how do you use your skill set? Is it getting people to, 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 to work together that hate each other? How do you use your abilities to glorify God? And how do you use your platforms, even social media? Everything that we have is to be stewarded for God's glory. People will talk about, oh, social media is evil. Well, it can be evil if you use it that way. But are we using our platforms and our gifts and our abilities to glorify God? And Satan doesn't want that. Satan does not want 
our lives. Satan does not want creation to glorify God. And Satan has been at work since the beginning of time, as we know it, to make us not glorify God. Amen. Satan has been working since the fall of man to take our focus off of the creator and put our focus on us. Yeah, all the time to challenge our trust in a creator. Yeah, to, to challenge our faith in a creator. But this is the good news. Despite Satan being at work in this earth, God has been doing a greater work. Yeah, that, 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 that even though Satan has been working, God has been working in a greater way. Yeah, yeah. God loves his creation. And because God loves his creation, we have a purpose to glorify him. But God also loves his creation so much that God has a promise for his creation. And what is that promise? To redeem, to reconcile, and to restore it and us back to God. Period. That, that, that no matter what we're going through, that, that if we put our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, we will be reconciled and redeemed and restored back to God. And one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth that is restored back to God. Listen to this verse, and I'll, I'll end with this. And this is just to get us set up for the whole Genesis to Revelation. Colossians 1, 15 uh, through 23, the NLT, it says this, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. The text preaches itself. Verse 16, for, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms on earth and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. That's hope right there. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Verse 20. This is where it gets old folks will say this is where it gets gooder. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through death of Christ in his physical body. Amen. So, so on our worst day, on our wit's end, with every negative news report, we can know this, that God is doing something, that God is at work in something that God will and is restoring, reconcile, and redeeming his creation for his glory. Amen.
Amen. Uh, God, we just thank you uh, just for a brief introduction into your word. Um, we ask that you would um, set us on fire and open up our hearts to be prepared to receive in uh, uh, weeks to come as we walk through Genesis and uh, all the way to Revelation. Lord God, just seeing you at work and seeing that redemptive thread uh, of you and that restoring thread, that 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 blood uh, streaming thread, Lord God, that you uh, sent to us to reconcile us back to you. Lord, I just ask that you would save somebody uh, who listens, uh, who watches, uh, that, is, that does not have a relationship with you. And for those that do have a relationship with you that just need to be comforted, I ask that you would do the comforting, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I pray and thank you. Amen.